Hello and welcome to the podcast, It's a Little Fucked Up, where we share stories of things that have happened in our life that are a little fucked up. I'm your host, Alyssa. And I'm your co-host, Jerome. And today, we're taking it back to the beginning of time. Well, maybe not time, but the beginning of our relationship. Trigger warning, this episode discusses topics such as alcoholism, depression, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts and actions. It also discusses family trauma, which may be very triggering for some. So picture this. It is 2015, and we are both students at a janky little private school in a town which won't be named today. The school is literally three trailers put together with a little office and a bathroom. It is K through 12. I had just passed out invitations for my birthday party. I was having a bonfire. It was great. I passed out invitations to the whole school that day. Yeah, I I thought I was special getting one of them because... I didn't hear a whole lot of people talking about it. No, literally everyone in the school got an invitation. Yeah, I I found that out later. (laughs) So anyway, it was towards the end of the day, and I didn't really know a whole lot about Alyssa at this point. So I was talking with one of my friends, and we were packing up, getting ready to leave school for the day. And I was asking if they were going to the party, bonfire, whatever. And the conversation ended up with, well, how old is she turning anyway? And my friend Carl had no idea. So he just screamed across the hallway to the whole school, Hey, Alyssa, how old are you turning? And I yelled back, I'm turning 14. You know, because I was. Yeah, that uh, that was uh, fun. Uh, say, how old were you at that point? I was... 16 or 17? I think you were probably 16. It would have been my senior year... I just turned 17. You had just turned 17. So anyways, so I have this birthday party. It's a bonfire. It's great. Everything is going good. Um, then Jerome gets there, and he was... Drum roll, please, friends. Dropped off by his grandmother. Yeah, I... Uh... I had a car at that point and was able to drive. My car was just, it it was a hand-me-down from my dad. And my dad had left a box full of raw chicken in the front seat floorboard for the whole summer. So I was still working on getting the smell of that out, which was really fun. Recommend. 10 out of 10. Uh, I mean, the party went off okay. I got into a fight with this one girl. She tried to push me in my cake. I slapped her. It was what it was. Her mom called later, my mom, before the party was even over because she left and went home early. Um, And (laughs) told my mom that I, like, punched her daughter and, like, she had a bruise. And, like, the girl did not have a bruise. I didn't even hit her that hard. Uh, (laughs) I think I got there after that because I don't remember any of that. I don't know. Later in the night, I cried before we did cake. Because I cry every year on my birthday. It's kind of a trigger, trauma response thing. It's fine. Literally every year. Every single year. Uh, <laughs> so, and I think like, probably the next thing of note was my family's annual Christmas party. Oh. Uh, mm, did you come mm. over that year to bake cookies? No, I didn't that year. I thought you and Carl came over earlier that year to bake cookies. Because it was the first time I hit your vape was in my kitchen. Oh, yeah, we did for a day, and a day. we baked nothing. We baked, like, two batches of cookies. We and made, like, it. two batches of cookies and then just were, we were stupid for, the rest of the day. We were there for, like, 45 minutes at most. 
All right. So anyways, the Christmas party. My family bakes bukus of cookies. The tradition started way back when I was a wee lass and we were living in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is the second largest Marine Corps base in the world. My dad was a Marine for 20 years and we had a bunch of family and friends who couldn't go home for the holidays. So Christmas Eve every year, we hosted this huge Christmas party. I mean, it was, it was huge. Um, and we literally baked for like a week straight to have enough cookies for everybody. And then in the night, obviously, there were just enough leftovers that we'd pile them onto trays and drive around base um, after the party and give them to young Marines who were working either the gate or they were on duty um, and things like that. And I don't know, it was just some of my most magical Christmas tradition memories. But when we moved to where we live now, we continued the tradition, just we had more like church friends and stuff coming. So it's Christmas 2015 and Jerome is at my house. He was allowed to drive himself this time and he brought his friend Derek. Yeah, uh, this was like the second time, I think. Third time maybe being at your house. The third time coming to my house. Yeah, and... It was the first time you drove yourself and you got lost on your way there. I did get lost. To be fair, your house is like weirdly placed. It's not really weirdly placed, but I will say the numbers on my street are non-consecutive and the GPS hadn't fully figured out because it was new construction. Yeah, I got very lost. I had to call you like three times to figure out how to get there. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. It was it was a mess. So but, uh, I, uh, I knew I'd be meeting a lot of people that night, so I decided to bring my friend Derek so it wasn't just me there meeting people. I feel like we should just pause for a moment and how old was Derek at this point? Um, hint, friends, it's over 20. I think he was 22 at this point. He was 21. 21 or 22, yeah. And I was how old again? You're 14. You were 14 at this point. Whole seven years difference bringing some stranger to my house. Red flag there, ladies. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, so he comes over to my house and um, we're all hanging up in my like TV room. Um... I promise I'm rich. I guess I'm uh, more comfortable is how it would be put. Um, but anyways, we were hanging out upstairs in the TV room. All the adults were like downstairs. We had all the younger kids with us, like my little cousins and stuff. Um, I feel like we were watching a Christmas movie. We had something on the TV, but I don't think anyone was paying attention to it. We were all on our phones or doing whatever. But for me at least before I made it up to the TV room, I had managed to avoid meeting anyone. It was like walk in, straight upstairs, TV room. Hide. By this point, I had managed to avoid most people. It, it didn't last much longer. So after a while, my mom comes up and she... I, I dabble. I used to play piano. I don't really get any more, but I know enough to get around. So she wanted me to come down and play the piano so they could sing Christmas carols. I didn't really want to do it. I didn't really have a choice. So I went downstairs to play the piano, leaving Jerome and Derek alone. Well, not really alone. There were other people, but nonetheless. Yeah, we were just the ones that hadn't met people before. <laughs> so we ended up having to get walked around the entire house and meet everyone. And I mean everyone there was there was so many people how many people did you have in your house that night ah uh, it was a floating event we probably hit over a hundred but i would say we probably had no more than like 60 at a time 
Yeah, but there was easily a hundred different people in and out throughout the night. Like, all throughout the night, I kept getting introduced. Oh, hey, this is this person. Oh, hi. Yeah. I don't remember half of who was there. Me either. Ugh. 2015. That seems like a really long time ago now. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the night? Oh, you mean my uh, favorite part of the night? Yeah, there's some air quotes going on there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Share the story. When your dad decided to, hey, let's round up all the guys and go upstairs and I'll show off my gun collection <laughs> and emphasize my gun collection and that I was a 20-year Marine to this older boy who is now hanging around my daughter. Yeah, you mean uh, that part? Yeah. Yeah, that part was terrifying. Um, was it he that scared you, or was it me? Well, he scared me, definitely. But he made it worse when he looked me in the eyes and told me that uh, he didn't have to worry about taking care of you. You would take care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think I came in the room not long after that, and we uh, pulled out some old targets out of the closet. Uh Let's just say I used to shoot competitively and more than once got zero down, which if you know anything about shooting means it is all right in that tight little circle in the chest. Yeah, I was uh, terrified because up to that point I had never shot a gun in my life. I feel like I should clarify though, just as a note, I am pro-gun reform. I'm not some crazy gun person, I promise. (laughs) Um, But I'm pretty good at it and, you know, Marine Corps family, it is what it is. Um, so then I guess after that was the New Year's lock-in. So this church that was associated with our private Christian school of love and Jesus. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Of love and Jesus, sure. Uh, uh, The church that was associated with our school hosted this big lock-in for all of the youths every year. And it was basically to keep kids from being like out on the street partying, doing drugs over New Year's even though everyone just brought their drugs there. I did not, personally. I, to this day, have still never taken any illegal drugs. Um, so, you know, wasn't me. It wasn't Jerome either, but we knew some people there who there, there definitely was, were. There was very easily drugs and alcohol that you could get your hand on if you literally just asked you didn't even have to try to find it yeah um but i guess anyways at some point that night my purse got stolen and i just got this purse for christmas so you know i was like so excited it was like this little like wristlet and little did we know this purse was cursed because before i got rid of it it literally got stolen or lost i think was it like 10 times in six months before i got rid of it yeah and, and somehow, every time, we got it back, though. Every it, time we got it back. It wasn't like somebody just took it and it was gone. It came back. It Always with, like, something weird missing. Like, this time, I had a pair of glasses, like, prescription glasses. All of my money, all of my cards, still there. Glasses were gone. I think it ended up getting found in the women's bathroom. Yeah. At some point, and it was just the glasses. Like, it... It was a weird night. Yeah, that... Oh, I'm so glad you got rid of that purse. But, um, on the way to the lock-in... Uh, Jerome oh. went to pick up Derek, and Derek's mom was very concerned about what he was doing late at night on this um, New Year's Eve. Yeah, so he was on the phone with his mom trying to reassure her that he's not doing anything he's not supposed to do. Except they had laser tag at the the lock-in, and 
on the phone, he screams into the phone, don't worry, mom, I'm just going to be shooting kids all night. Which did not make her feel better. Not at all. At all. I promise there was no gun violence. It was Laser Quest. Um, I think we only ended up playing one round anyway. Yeah, because it, there were so many people there that you couldn't even... The line was like four hours. Yeah, it was... There was way too many people. They ended up actually only doing the lock-in for one more year after this and then realized it was no longer safe for them to do because too many people kept showing up uh, and they ended up stopped doing it. Which so. was good. It was definitely the right choice. <sighs> you want to tell people about the, air quotes, friend we made while we were there? Yeah. Um, so Derek was a pathological liar and changed his origin story once a month. But anyways, At he least. was he was a hundred percent convinced that he was, you know, a Krav Maga master and had some Russian uncle Sergei who works for the KGB. I don't I don't even know I don't even know. Or was it that he had a uncle who was Israeli and worked for the Mossad? Both. It depended on the month. Depended on the month. Where? Okay, pause for a second. Where all did he tell us he was born? New York, Virginia. Germany. Israel. Moscow. Um, California. California. Um, there was one or two other places too. I feel like at one point he said China. I feel like at one point there was an Asian country. It might have been China. It was China or Japan, and then. Somewhere southern Africa. I don't remember what country specifically. Yeah. But it was southern Africa. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if this man knew where he was born by the end of it. Like, he had so convinced himself that this was, in fact, the truth. Like, he legitimately believed these lies. Yeah. He he believed them and told them to everyone to try to convince everyone else to believe him. Except he changed it once a month so yeah it was it was something all right basically his origin story was the plot of the show archer if if you've ever seen that one i never have so i haven't either i've just been told by people i tell the story to that wait that's literally the plot of archer Hmm. so so i guess the next thing was super bowl sunday yeah super bowl sunday so my parents had a super bowl party and uh so Jerome and Derek came over, and then my youth group was also having a Super Bowl party. At the youth pastor's house. At the youth pastor's house, which was uh, maybe like a five, ten minute drive from my house. Yeah. So we were told we had to go, so we left my Super Bowl party for a little bit. And I did not, I did not want to go. I did not want to go to the youth pastor's house. I had a lot of beliefs about God and religion and they were not lining up. I am actually not a Christian anymore. Uh, but at the time I was, I was, I was still trying to figure out what it was, what, what the deal was. But anyways, we had to go to the Super Bowl party at the youth pastor's house. So I stole a blood orange, Mike's hard from my parents' garage and chugged it in less than 30 seconds before getting in the back seat. Oh, I feel like we should note this. At this point, Jerome had gotten a Pontiac convertible. Yeah, I had a Pontiac G6 GT convertible at this point with two doors. Oh, he thought he was the shit. 
Yeah, it, it was great except for when you tried to put more than a one other person in the car. Oh, it was uh, so many, so many horrible memories in this car. I don't know. There's some good ones too, maybe. I was about to say some of them were good. Some of them were good. Not the time I almost died, though. Maybe like three. Maybe like three good memories. Maybe three good memories. <laughs> Anyways. We can go over that another time. Anyways, those are stories for another time. This one, maybe not such a good memory. Uh, yeah. So I'm in the back seat, and Derek and Jerome are in the front seat, and we're trying to figure out how to get to this youth pastor's house. And I don't know, when did y'all realize I had chugged the mics hard? Before we pulled out of your driveway... Because you got in my car, and before Derek even got in, you had already cracked it open and were chugging it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were aware of that. Okay. I was still relatively new to driving at this point, and in a part of the city I was never in, so I had no idea where I was going. So we kind of relied on her for directions, which meant it took us 25 minutes to get 10 minutes away. Okay, look. It was, was mostly because you had just chugged a mic sword. Mostly. I was going through a lot at the time, okay? But anyways, I guess um, the depression took over after the mic's hard, and I attempted to self-harm with a decorative brooch that I had gotten from somewhere, which resulted in Jerome parking the car in a random cul-de-sac and climbing into the back seat with me to try and wrestle the brooch out of my arm or hands. I ended up getting it out of your hand. Not before you stabbed me with it though. Okay, like but it was like times. okay, it was like a little poke. It wasn't like a aggressive stab. Mm, you didn't want me to take it from you. I had a lot of issues. I'm in therapy now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um So then eventually I think I think I started like sobbing. Yeah, I think we made the mistake of letting you have control of the music for a minute uh, at one point. Probably. And then you were sobbing, and then I took back control of the music. No, I think you gave it to Derek, and then he played sad music for a little bit, oh, and then you yeah. said, screw this, and took control. Yeah, because I stayed in the back and let Derek drive. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so we get to the youth pastor's house. We go in. We hang out for a little bit. There's literally only one other person there. Um, and after a little bit, we're like, well, this is kind of boring. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna go back to my house. So we stole some snacks and left. Yeah. Except when we left, Derek drove and we were both in the back seat. Yeah, we were uh, both in the back seat. It, you, you care to explain that one? We, uh, were busy, busy in the back seat. Let's just say the five minute drive took... About 35 minutes to get back to your house? Yeah. We, we should also preface this with saying Derek wasn't the best driver. He Did he have his license at that point? Because he had his license he, and then he got in a really bad car accident and got it revoked. So he had his license legally, but he had gotten in a really bad accident and his parents didn't want him to drive because he shouldn't have been driving. He was the type of person that'd be driving down the street and would flip through a book of CDs driving down the street to find what he wanted to listen to. I feel so old. Did you just say book of CDs? Yeah, he did that in 2018. Is that what caused his wreck? No, I don't think so. I think okay. he was probably on his phone at that point. But yeah. more than once, he was in the passenger seat of my car flipping through a book of CDs. Oh. Uh. 
Yeah. So he should not have been driving. No, he should not have been driving. He was not comfortable driving. His parents didn't want him driving. I never should have let him drive my car. It was not the only time you let him drive. No, at one point he ended up crashing into a pole in a parking lot. (laughs) Literally an empty parking lot and a bright yellow pole. That's a story for another time, anyway. We had other priorities, and our personal safety was not one of them. No, not at all. We ended up in, like, three random people's driveways because he was trying to make U-turns. Oh, gosh. As we were, um... Busy in the backseat. A little busy and potentially not fully clothed. It was kind of hot in the car. Mm, Yeah, maybe got a little hot in the car. Yeah. Um, so anyways... I guess that was kind of like our first um, experimentation. Yeah. You were so uncomfortable. You did not want anything to happen. I was like, no, this is happening here and now. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, you were. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> after that, we started uh, FaceTiming a lot. Oh, the late night FaceTimes. The overnight FaceTimes. Yeah. I know my favorite FaceTime. What was your favorite time we FaceTimed? Um, I don't know. Um, What was yours? Give me a minute to try and think. My favorite FaceTime was when your dad came home drunk out of his mind and took the phone out of your hand while I was topless on FaceTime to give us advice about something. Do you remember what it was? Because it was also the first time I'd ever interacted with your dad. I'd never met your dad. Yeah, that was the first time you met him. Um, I don't even remember what he was trying to talk about that night. He talked about a lot. I don't remember what his point of talking was about. Um, I think he was trying to convince you to... (laughs) to have sex with me i mean probably if i remember correctly and i think he was giving you tips on how to try and do that well but i've blocked most of that memory out yeah i uh i've tried to forget that whole section that that yeah that was bad that was bad do you have any other favorite moments over Uh, facetime i mean back to the one with my dad i remember i was standing on my front porch for like 30 minutes while he had a whole conversation with you at like 3 a.m. on a school night. Oh gosh, yeah, 3 a.m. on a school night. Wow, so many, so many calls. Yeah, I can't really remember any other like specific instances from FaceTime, but I know uh, there was many times through high school where we didn't go to bed till 4 or 5 a.m. I mean, there are times school. when we stayed on FaceTime. Well, not FaceTime, but phone calls overnight and just fell asleep on the phone. Yeah, that happened quite a few times. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So I guess the next thing would have been breakthrough, yeah, I think. Yeah, um, a youth conference at my church, which was fun. So for a little bit of context, I have never really been a church person. Alyssa's family was very into church. Very involved. I worked in children's church. I worked in the nursery. I grew up in church. I went to private Christian schools my whole life, except when I was homeschooled. And when I was homeschooled, we did private Christian education curriculum. Yeah. So 
during the school year, Alyssa was normally rather busy. Yeah. Because you had school and then volleyball and whatever else. Yeah. So the I only time... I was still time, horseback riding then, too. Yeah. So the only time I'd ever really get to spend time with you outside of school would have been the weekends. Mm-hmm. Except Sundays was taken up by church. And so in order to hang out with me, he started going to church. Yeah, I started going to church to hang out with her. Well, especially because my parents were weird about you coming over like after church like that wasn't okay yeah but I if couldn't. you came to church then we could hang out after yeah i couldn't hang i had to go to church if i wanted to hang out at all sunday yeah and they always found reasons why we couldn't hang out saturday we were just so busy i think yeah um so anyways so he had started going to church with me and i had this church conference as previously stated, i was extremely depressed um so we It was a breakthrough conference on, like, you know, breaking through your traumas and troubles and Jesus can help you. Um, And at this conference, I was doing a drama. Um, It's a pretty popular one if you've been in church at the early 2000s or later. It's to the Lifehouse song, if I can remember the name. I cannot remember the name. Um... But it's where, like, God creates the girl and then she goes through all the things and, like, the devil attacks her and then, like, God saves her. Um, And, like, you, like, rip the black shirt and, like, underneath is a white shirt, right? Um, To represent, like, him ripping the sin off her life or whatever. I don't remember. Anyways, so I was the main character in the skit uh, drama thing. And I had no idea what I was going to wear because I had self-harm scars on my arms and my mom did not know about it um and she eventually figured it out that weekend uh and confronted me in the ba- in a bathroom stall and told me uh that I was doing it for attention and that I need to stop because it looks bad uh yes that was and that was fun. so I got pissed and stormed out to Jerome's car and we hung out in the car and listened to shitty music for the rest of the day uh, until we got yelled at for hanging out in the car and not going and doing church things and had to go back in. <sighs> at some point during that day, you still had to do the skit. I Yeah, I did the skit later that night. And I... Most of the things that the character in the skit went through were things that I personally was going through. Uh, and it was a lot for me to do, like, emotionally. How was that for you watching it? Because, like, you were already in love with me at this point, and I did not care about you in the slightest. No, you forgot I existed half the time. Half the time, yeah. It it wasn't great. It wasn't great, especially with the whole BS your mother pulled earlier in the day and everything. It, yeah. It, it wasn't great at all. Yeah. So, anyway, so my mom was um, doing this, like, Jesus can heal all your things thing, because she's a life coach, and she was doing this... Um, with her group, uh, a group of people leading them through some Joyce Meyer book on healing your traumas. And she made them all come and watch it because she felt like it would speak to them. And I got so many compliments on how good my acting was and how much it helped other people. And I just felt so horrible after it. I just, I felt so empty and like that the girl in the skit was saved by God but I was abandoned by him um yeah it was it was a really rough time in my life for sure yeah that was definitely a rough couple months after that 
yeah especially because right after that i think the next month mm-hmm. like two weeks after that um i snuck you into my aunt's house while i was babysitting oh oh yeah mm. two mm. nights in a row and the second night i was watching two kids not just my little cousin but another um kid from church and the other kid from church snitched that I had snuck you and Derek into my aunt's house. We would have we... got away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> uh, but then we weren't allowed to hang out for, like, a month. Oh, yeah. Like, you weren't allowed to text me. You got your phone taken away. You still managed to use your computer to Google Hangouts. Call oh, my me, gosh. The, but... like, public service announcement to parents, don't try and take your kids' phones. They will just find a way. Uh, Google Hangouts and Google Voice were my best friends. When I say I figured out how to make a phone... I had his number and Derek's number memorized and knew how to make phone calls from Google Voice that were untraceable. I... I was good at that. (laughs) Oh, yes, you were. I think at one point you even called me from, like, the real estate office your parents were at for something yeah my parents were working out of a real estate office my mom was doing her life coaching she was uh, doing an office space share with them and was doing like uh, personal development and i would call you from the front desk while my parents were in sessions because i had to go up there with them because i couldn't be trusted home alone um even though my brother was living with me at that point right because he moved in after christmas yeah but uh that was as good as home alone yeah um yeah Yeah, we found many creative solutions to get through your parents not wanting us to talk to each other throughout the years. And then I had a massive drinking problem my freshman year of high school. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether my brother was home or not. I would walk downstairs, grab the bottle of vodka, take what I want and put it back. Yeah. Like he did not notice or care. Yeah, he, he, he ignored so much. So much. Um... So then I guess after a while we were allowed to hang out again, but nothing notable really happened until prom. No, we were still walking on eggshells around your parents to yeah. keep from getting in trouble again. And for some reason we, there was something going on. There was drama within our friend group or something. So we staged a fight so we wouldn't have to deal with the drama at prom. But then like you actually pissed me off and we got into this huge fight and like did not talk the night of prom. Yeah. And, like we didn't go together. My school, because it was a small, janky private school, prom was ninth through twelfth grade because they didn't have enough students to just do a senior prom. So we had talked about it beforehand. We were staging a fight. We talked about how it was gonna go, everything. Somehow it got miscommunicated or something, and she actually managed to get pissed off about it. And it turned into an actual fight. Huge fight. It lasted like a week, too. It was so bad. But yeah, prom was uh, fun because you ignored me for a couple other people that night. Yeah. Was one of them Mm -hmm, A? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... um, That'll be one for next time. Yeah, at some point we'll have to go through our entire beginning of our relationship again... But talking about all the other guys I was yeah, talking introduce to. Introduce uh, A at some point. That was, um, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, prom was fun. I basically hung out with all of my friends and a lot of shit talking. Yeah. A lot of shit talking. I'm sure you did the same. Yeah. Um. 
So then I think the next thing was I took you down to my family reunion in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, that was that was terrifying. It That was worse than the, the Christmas party. You met all the aunts and uncles. Every one of them. Every single one. Uh, and you met my grandfather for the first time. Oh, yeah, I, that would have been the first time. That was uh, fun meeting him. So I was told to dress decently for going to the family reunion. And I think we were bringing him some chickens, weren't we? We brought him chickens and a chicken coop. Yeah, so I dressed button-down shirt, decent pants, whatever, for the reunion. And then we get to her grandfather's house, and I see Alyssa's dad, like, changing into, like, work clothes and everything. And I'm like, I, I have I have nothing. Oh. I probably should have told him to pack some work clothes, but I forgot. Yeah, because your grandfather shook my hand and looked me dead in the eye and said, next time you come, bring some clothes to work in. <laughs> yeah. My yep. grandfather appreciated hard work. Yeah, that was. So then yeah. I think the last thing, I guess, we'll, we'll end this podcast with your graduation, because I don't think we've mentioned yet that I was a freshman. However, you were a senior in high school. I, I may have been that guy. I was the freshman girl who had the senior boy wrapped around her pinky. The senior boy with a car. With a car. Because literally the only reason I started hanging out with him was because he had a car. And we were allowed to leave school to go to the nearby shops for lunch. And Taco Bell was out of walking distance. And he would drive me to Taco Bell and buy me Taco Bell. Literally every day. Literally every day. Like I Honestly, I, I think if it wouldn't have been for Taco Bell being out of driving distance or out of walking distance, I don't know if we would be here today. Oh, no, we definitely wouldn't have been. So we can thank Taco Bell for our relationship. Aw, Taco Bell. Mm. <laughs> um, so then I guess the last thing is your graduation. Um, yeah. Because I went um, and Derek went and we had a couple of friends who were graduating that year. Um, and so we went. Oh, we should probably also mention your mom was a teacher at the school. Yes. And I was in her class. So that's why your mom and dad were there. Well, they would have been there anyways. Yeah, but. Um, but anyway, so at this point we were going to a different church. And so the pastor and his wife came and a couple people from church came um, to your graduation as well. Yeah. All <laughs> of them showed up. One of the people I actually graduated with knew the his dad knew the pastor already, so that was that was fun. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Um, but then your grandmother, your grandfather, your great grandmother, your aunt was and your her husband, spend, and then and their two kids. Yeah, their two kids were there. However, I think my great aunt was also there. Was she? If yeah. she was, I didn't meet her. Mm, then she wasn't there. You'd have met her. Yeah. But um, my dad, on the other hand, was not there. So I live with my grandparents because of a weird, rough situation. Because of a custody up. situation that's a little fucked up. Yes, is is a little fucked up. But, and my dad at the time also lived at home. Well, apparently my grandmother was going to bug him because making sure that he was still going enough to where he got annoyed enough to decide, no. I'm just not going to go. To his son's graduation because his mommy got too annoying. No phone call, no text message. No, he texted you. He texted you after graduation. He texted me after. Graduation. When we were already at dinner. Yeah. So anyways, so then 
Jerome's family left and went home. So then my parents were like, they're not going to go out to dinner with you? You just graduated. And you were like, I, I guess not. So my parents and people from church took you out to dinner for your graduation. Yeah. Um, And I guess that was how you kind of became part of the family. Yeah. Um, and then, Tried to get rid of me a couple times since then, but hasn't oh, worked. Oh, so many times. He just, he's so clingy. I'm very clingy. Oh, so clingy. <laughs> uh, I used to call him a little lost puppy dog. Yeah. My little lost puppy dog. Oh, that was a great nickname to have in high school. It's pretty accurate, though. Yeah. yeah. Episode of It's a Little Fucked Up. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll tune in again. <laughs>